Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Um, today, we're going to talk about MBA product management interviews. And to talk about this, I have with me Tony Hung. Tony is a 2021 MBA student at Columbia Business School and successfully navigated the product management internship interview process last spring. But in addition to that, he spends a little bit of time helping other first years and even second years navigate through this at Columbia Business School right now. And so I brought him on to talk about a little bit of his experience, as well as a little bit of some of the best practices for preparing for product management interviews. It can be a challenging process, and Tony's going to share what he's learned along the way and a little bit about his experience. And I guess just to start, Tony, so first off, thanks for being here. Thanks for agreeing to chat about this really important topic. Before we just dive in, could you talk a little bit about what did you do before business school and why did you choose to get an MBA in the first place? Yeah, for sure. And thanks again, Al, for having me. I think MBA is one of those things that has really propelled my career forward. And I look to it always as one of the, the better decisions I've made in my life. So always happy to pay it forward to the next generation of MBA folks and people interested in switching into product management. Yeah, in terms of my background, I had an engineering education in, in operations, but never really utilized any of that. I went straight into consulting afterwards. I worked at a firm called Simon Kutcher as a pricing consultant, learned a lot, worked with a lot of great tech clients. After a couple of years, got a little bit burned out from all the travel and switched into an education technology company called Age of Learning. A really great company. It's a unicorn. And I worked in a strategy role there and got to wear a lot of different hats, including product. When I was there, I was involved a lot with the product team, launched a couple products. And I realized, and that was my first time getting introduced to this thing called product management. I realized after a couple of years there, I wanted to get a sense of what a big tech company was like, to get uh, a sense of what is best practice and, and how do you heard about the Googles and the Facebooks of the world. And I, I wanted to, at some point in my career, work there. And at the same time, I thought about product management as this way to get more involved in actually deciding, determining you know, where a lot of these tech companies are going. So I saw NBA actually as a great opportunity to get it. I remember doing this exercise once where I went on LinkedIn, looked at a lot of backgrounds of product managers at, at these big tech companies and saw that almost half of them had an MBA at some point. I applied to you know MBA programs with the goal of switching to product. I think at a high level of my approach, I knew that because my background wasn't wholly technical, I was never formally a software engineer or, or a product manager. Um, it was really important for me to emphasize the product experience that, that I had in my resume. And the second approach was I applied to all sorts of companies, big and small and everything in between. I was super fortunate to uh, land my position at Google on the Google Nest team where I'll be returning to after graduation as well. And I'm super excited about that opportunity. But yeah, happy to talk about any part of that journey. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And just maybe as a follow-up question, I'd be curious to know, as you think about going through the interview process and having the internship under your belt, what from maybe your past experiences, particularly working as a consultant, I would say, and that the product ones make sense, but particularly working as a consultant, do you think 
were still valuable, even though you were switching into a new role in a new industry? Yeah, for sure. And and I definitely think consulting is one of those ways where, A, not just from the preparation process for consulting interviews, I think there's a lot of value in, in leveraging you know, what you learn preparing for consulting interviews for product management interviews, but also once you're actually working on the job, just the, the problem solving ability, the ability to where you're wearing a lot of different hats, learning things very quickly and being super agile. I think being a product manager, there's a lot of labels to what a PM does. A lot of people call it the CEO of a product. You're doing everything from strategy to finance, to data analytics, to product, to marketing, to operations, the list goes on and on, right? So I think just being super agile, being embracing the unknown and always looking to learn on the job is, is definitely a characteristic that's very common with consulting. But also just the ability to, to figure things out. I think a lot of times in, in tech companies, they're going to give you lots of responsibilities. My, I, I started out with a very vague question that I needed to solve at the beginning of my internship. And, and throughout that 12 weeks at Google, I needed to figure out what's the plan of attack, who are the people I'm going to talk to, and what am I going to do to, to to actually solve this. And I think um, that there's a lot of similarities between that and consulting. I think that's a great parallel. And as a, I like to call myself as a retired consultant, I often feel that the points you just made about being agile and being able to adapt on the fly, being able to take on a diverse set of either projects or initiatives, even if you don't necessarily aren't really the expert in it, but have a little bit of knowledge. I think those are even the things that I think about for my consulting days that are uh, helpful sure. to my job now. And so I definitely can see those being relevant. So it sounds like you had a pretty decent hypothesis coming in that product management was what you wanted to recruit for. But mm -hmm. certainly I know in the beginning, particularly in your first year, most first years are doing a lot of exploring. They're yeah. talking to companies, they're they're talking to alum, they're doing informational interviews. I would love to know just from your perspective, what really stuck out to you about product management and what really led you to really going all in in terms of pursuing that for a summer internship and recruiting for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I, I think that's something that every person struggles with at, at some point for better or worse. And I, I think it's it's a little bit difficult because your MBA starts in you know August, September, and recruiting just starts a month after that. And applications are due two months after that. So there really isn't too much time to explore, and, and which is why for all the, the people listening to this podcast, the more kind of thinking, prep, the more talking and networking and, and investigation into this issue you can do before you start your MBA, the better it, it's going to be. But I think personally for me at Columbia, we have a great tech community there, really just talking to the second years through the clubs, through the, a lot of events. We had panels of people talking about the product management experience versus there's their summer internship and strategy versus marketing. And there's a lot of resources around just talking to the differences between all these different roles that MBAs, that tech companies recruit for out of MBA schools. I, I think for me, and generally, a lot of the tech companies are really product and engineering focused. At the top of the totem pole are, are engineers. And I think I appreciate how product managers are so close to that process. At the same time, they're also touching all these other functions. I firmly believe in the same way that being a consultant opens the doors for you later down the road in terms of all the different experiences and jobs you can apply for. But I think product management through just the the sole nature of the job of working with all these functions also gives you a, be a really good sense of, hey, if you're not sure of, of what you want to do, you're getting a lot of exposure to all these different uh, parts of the organization. 
Thanks for sharing that. And it's really good insight. And I, I agree. And, and it's a, it is a job with a unique vantage point uh, of the rest of the organization. And certainly it gives you a chance to do a lot of different things in the role as a product manager, but also if you have aspirations of eventually trying something else, I think it certainly positions you well, particularly within the context of a tech company uh, to maybe jump into something new or a new opportunity. So want to transition a little bit. So now you've figured out you wanted to recruit for product management internships. And then obviously there is the product management internship process and the, the interviewing process. So could you talk a little bit about that in terms of the interviewing process? What What's unique about it? Obviously, I think when I think about in a interviewing processes in business school, the first two that you know most certainly come to mind are either management consulting. So you think about mm -hmm. like casing or investment banking, and you think about hundreds of flashcards and like memorizing yeah. answers to questions. Uh, but in that same vein, could you talk a little bit about the product management interview process and what that's and what's unique about it? For sure. And I, I think the, the classic consulting answer is it depends. It depends, right? of course. <laughs> different companies have very different processes at the same time. A product manager at Google is also called a program manager at Microsoft, and it can be called different things at different companies. I think what's great about MBA is that there's a standard PM pipeline from, from all these schools, and there's just a lot of knowledge that's just passed down from generation from class to class. So you learn a lot of it through that way. But generally, I think compared to consulting or banking MBA interviews, the, the process is, is very varied. It's, you have to prepare for a lot of different questions. There's, of course, your behavioral questions, which Amazon PMs are, are probably the most known where you're just going to get for 30, 40 minutes, you're going to talk about leadership principles. And it's just all about uh, these behavioral questions and, and these situations in your past career. Whereas I think on the other side of the spectrum is Google, where it's almost entirely space, right? In a 45-minute interview, 80% of that is, is going to be case. I think generally, in terms of case questions, I would say there's four key types. There's your strategy, and I bucket your like go-to-market questions into there. Questions like, oh, what company should we acquire, or how do you launch this new product would go into that bucket. Second is, is your classic product design. That's your bread and butter. What is your favorite product? How do you improve it? How do you build a fridge for the visually impaired? Your third bucket are your metrics, right? So what are the key success metrics for, let's say, Facebook newsfeed? Or if this, if click-through rates go down 50%, what do you do? And then the last are your like estimation questions. Similar to consulting, they're not going to ask you how many golf balls you know fit inside an airplane, but more around how many sales of Google Home do you think are there in, in the US every year? Or how much does Uber make? And I think a, a fifth less common bucket. And, and I think this is where a lot of MBAs worry about is the technical questions. Are there coding questions? Are there algorithm questions? There could be. In my experience through MBA recruiting, they understand that most of you guys are coming in with less technical backgrounds versus the standard PM pipeline. So I, I think they're putting less weight on that. At the same time, in, in my Google interview, I had one interview with an engineer where we talked about system architecture. I think technical questions aren't something that you should worry about even if you don't, you know, don't have a, a technical background like myself. I think that is something that once you're in the interview process, you can definitely prep for. That's great. Thanks for breaking that down. And so one of the things that I, I took away from that and I think is really important is to the points you made, the process can vary significantly firm to firm, company to company. And two things come from that. Number one, it's the importance of why you need to really do your homework and commit to it because there isn't necessarily a one-size-fits-all approach. But I think the other thing is that it also speaks to the importance of truly understanding to the best degree that you can 
what a product manager is, what impact they make, and why you're interested in it. The reason why the, or from my vantage point, the reason why the interviews can be different is because each company has a, a little bit of a different philosophy of the impact that they want their product managers to make to drive the business forward. And as a result of that, the skills and competencies that they're going to test for in an interview are just going to be slightly different. And so I think in order, if you ever, uh, being successful in the interview, yes, you have to perform, but fundamentally what they're looking to see and looking to understand is, do you have what it takes to be successful here and move the business forward? And so if you can't understand that, I think it's going to be a lot harder for you to understand why you need to answer certain questions in a certain way or what they're actually looking for when they're, why Amazon is ruthless in asking for, you know, <laughs> how did you demonstrate principle X? How did you demonstrate principle Y? But you have to really think about, given the nature of the business and what they expected of their PMs, this is why they're asking these questions. Yeah, that's really true. And, and I think it also goes into kind of the, the valuation criteria. Like a lot of these case questions may be super ridiculous. If you're CEO for a day, what do you do? The thing is, there's no right answer for these questions. They're really looking for your thinking, your approach, and how do you take some super ambiguous problem, which you really are going to experience a lot of during your day-to-day as a PM. And how do you break that down into different pieces and be coherent and communicating about it? Because the job of a PM really is also influencing without authority, getting other parts of the organization to really buy into the shared vision. So as a follow-up, one of the things you mentioned is that the interview processes can be a little different or the questions they ask could be a little different. Could you maybe give an example in terms of an interview process by company A versus an interview process at company B and just to maybe highlight how they're a little bit similar, but also perhaps a little bit different in terms of the rounds or how many interviews in a round or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. My, I, I can talk to my Google interview process, which was two rounds, two interviews each. Three of them are with a PM for 45 minutes. And, and the last one is with an engineer for 45 minutes. And again, in a 45 minute interview, they're probably structuring it in terms of five minutes at the beginning to really intros, get to know you, like Google. And then, you know, about 30, 35 minutes on case questions, right? And anywhere of, of the different types of case questions that we talk about from design, to strategy, to metrics, to estimation. And then five, five minutes at the end to, to ask any questions that, that you want to versus like an Amazon or like a VMware where it's like more behavioral based. It's largely either behavioral questions for Amazon, you talk about a leadership principle or a situational questions where you're you're working with an engineering manager and he doesn't completely agree with your assessment of what to do. How do you approach the situation? I think the the preparation for all these different types of questions are, are definitely different. I think if you prep for creating your own elevator pitch, your story, and then have all these kind of different stories to point to, that is always going to help you regardless of, of which company you're, you're interviewing for. But again, to your point, once you get an interview, I think especially once you're in a you know MBA campus and you have the second years and alums to draw their experiences from, you can definitely reach out to them to, to get a better sense of what does that format look like specific to each company. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think that's the absolute right approach. So let's talk a little bit about what you talked about in terms of preparation, right? I know it can differ company to company, but could you maybe walk through just in general, maybe your philosophy for how you went about prepared for interviews, uh, how you practiced, and and maybe even if you just want to give an example for a specific company, you know, what that, what that tactically looked like for you? 
Yeah, definitely. Similar to, to consulting prep, where there's case in point, which is like the consulting Bible. I, I would say there's two books that are pretty popular for uh, product management prep. They're Cracking the PM Interview and Lewis Lin's Decode and Conquer. Definitely recommend anyone going down or even tangentially interested in, into PM interviewing to get those books because they give a really good lay of the land. But also generally, I think reading reading through it, especially for people new to tech or trying to do career switches, which are completely fine, you pick up a lot of the lingo, which I think is super important as you go through the interview process. And then after reading these books, I watched a couple of videos on YouTube. I know there's like a lot of paid services out there. I didn't use many of them. I went to YouTube. Exponent PM is a great um, YouTube channel. And, and you get a sense of what the interaction looks like between an interviewer and interviewee. And, and again, the processes are very different uh, across different companies, but it's just really good to see how skilled PMs structure their answers, how they're super clear and, and communicative. And like even subtleties of, of, of the breaks that they take or like the clarification questions that they take. And then I think it's just practice. At CBS, we had a lot of, you know, great tech community, practice a lot with second years. And then I found those kind of first years and, and classmates where we, over winter break, we would go to our building, our, our business school building, and then we just practice a couple times each week. And I think that was really the case prep. And then once you get start getting interviews, I would say that's when you start prepping for, for the company specific questions, right? So you have to be a subject matter expert on, on the company. Know everything that's happening, what they're invested in, the trends. I think a really good resource is reading the 10K, at least the kind of the text and the strategy section. But a lot of these public companies also have a 10K in a PowerPoint format, which is a, a lot easier to digest. I definitely go through that. They usually state the main product products and their key strategy going forward. And then at CBS, we had a question bank of, of questions that we were able to, to look into to see what types of questions they ask. And, and it's just practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One that I think, thanks for you know, laying it out there. One thing I wanted to ask you about is what was it like for you once the interviewing process started in terms mm -hmm. of your interviewing with company A, but then you're also interviewing with company B. They have entirely separate processes. Like one, you might be in the second round, another one, you might be in the first round. How did you navigate through all of that? Yeah, it's definitely really stressful. And then that's just interviewing. And yeah. at least in, in terms of first year internship timing, once we came from back from winter break and started classes again, that's when the interview invites come. So you're not just balancing that, you're balancing classes, social and everything else going on in life. I, I think the best advice I have for that is keep your chin up. Like this is why you came to MBA for. I think a lot of us came here to switch into careers, our, our dream jobs, or, or advance our professional career. But take it one day at a time. Don't get stressed out. If you have an interview uh, tomorrow and an interview like two days after that, prepare for the one tomorrow. You can always read up and prepare afterwards. I think there's also a lot of value in once you get an interview, talking to someone at the company, right? Not just during the interview, you can say that, hey, I talked to XYZ, you get a good sense of the culture, but also you learn about the buzzwords that you can drop or the very com company specific types of things that you can talk about. And obviously you have to schedule that in your schedule along with everything else that's going on. But I think really just taking it day by day, don't get overwhelmed. And honestly, a phrase I like to say is once it rains, it pours. Once you get your first offer, you can honestly, A, you can go to all your other companies that, that you're still in the pipeline for and say, hey, I have this offer, I, 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 I need to make a decision by this point and they'll expedite it for you. 
And generally, the thing about tech recruiting versus consulting recruiting or banking recruiting is that it's less structured, right? The timelines aren't as exact, even if it's not working out for you. And, and right now I'm talking to a lot of first years and it's the end of January. Honestly, this is the beginning of tech internship recruiting season. A lot of the classmates have gotten offers and I'm telling people that haven't yet who are stressing out that, hey, it's all going to work out. You're all going to get placed into great companies. Just keep your chin up. Yeah, I think that's great advice and I totally agree with you. And it is early, so there's still plenty of time. One other thing I wanted to ask you about, could you talk about maybe what your process was, if at all, after an interview finished? Did you do anything after in terms of debriefing or how did that, what was it like for you in terms of the in-between time, either between once you finished an interview and waiting here to prepare for the next one, if you got moved on, or perhaps even in some cases doing the interview and then finding out you didn't get moved on. And what was that process like for you? Yeah, definitely. After the interview, always try to get the, the person's name or their email so that you can reach out and, and send a, a quick thank you email. Try to do that within 24 hours is, is generally the, the guideline. But then if once you finish that interview, it's really just playing the waiting game and don't stress out too much. Move on to the next thing. If you get rejected, try to ask for feedback. Normally, tech companies don't give feedback, especially the bigger ones. But if you are if you were able to develop a relationship with a recruiter, sometimes they, they do reach out. And if that doesn't, if you get rejected for an internship, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the end for it. We got two shots for as a full-time MBA student and the same recruiters who are managing the internship pipeline are, this, are most likely the same recruiters managing full-time pipelines. It's always great to keep that relationship warm. Thank them for everything. And I've also seen some people send even update emails to to companies that have rejected them in the past, especially over the summer, if they get work for another company, and then they end up getting that full-time offer. It's always great to just treat the company with respect, create those great relationships with recruiters. But again, take it day by day. Once you finish the interview, if you, if you have two, three more coming up over the next couple of days, just try to switch gears. I think one of the most important things is just Try not to get burned out, right? It's not an easy process. So try to switch it up between case prep, behavioral prep to networking and talking to people. And I, I find that if you get into a, a good groove um, of, of doing all these different things, you'll get through the process uh, with, without a problem. No, thanks for giving some more details there. And I think bringing it back to one of the things you said earlier, I think it really is an important point of, yes, you should do the making sure you're doing the, the prep for behaviorals or casing or whatever it is. But anything you can do to really, I think, as you mentioned, like really speak the language of the company that you're interviewing with, I think is going to put you in a good spot. But even just thinking out loud here, if you're interviewing someone and they already seem like they're talking in the same kind of way that other PMs talk mm -hmm. that you're, that are your colleagues, I think it just gives them even more confidence that you have what it takes to be someone who could be a colleague as well. And, but to your point, the only way that you can really get to that point is if you really take the time to get to know the company, to do the research, to use mm -hmm. your informational interviews, to ask the right questions. So you know how to talk about things in the right way. So you know how to talk about the Amazon's leadership principles and, yeah. and how they're used in, in, in that context or whatever other company that it is. And so I want to just highlight that because it sometimes is easily forgotten but it is mm -hmm. something that is within your control that you can do and you have the resources and means to go and find out. Great. Sure. So one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, you talked a little bit about a little bit about your interviewing season when what it was like, but could you maybe give some highlights in terms of maybe some highs, maybe some lows, and then or even just anything that you learned from going through such a rigorous process like that? 
Yeah, just for for context, I probably applied to like over 50 PM positions during my internship recruiting season, and I probably got rejected to at least 10 before my my first interview. And then a, a bunch of them also were just rejected me without ever telling me. And I got an email in May, oh, I'm sorry, you're not in consideration. So yes, I think one of the things in, in life that generally I, I hear to is failure makes you stronger. The great thing about tech applications is that most of them are just a resume drop. You don't have to spend too much time. You don't have to put a cover letter. They're, most of them, most companies are not going to read it. Went for the, the volume and quantity approach over quality. And I think once you get those first interview invites from companies, that's when you do your research and spend time doing it. So that that's definitely a low, just getting a lot of rejections throughout. I think the second low, again, is you're going through this with, at least at Columbia, 600 other MBA classmates. A lot of them are going through structured internship processes. They're getting their consulting and banking offers in mid to late January, and you're just starting out in, in late January for PM. So I think just really understanding that everyone's recruiting journey is different and, and they happen differently and everyone's going to land a great position at, at some point. And the thing about tech is that there's a lot of really great companies from Snapchat to TikTok to Salesforce that post a lot of really great positions later on in the cycle in like March or April. And especially with last year with COVID and a lot of internships getting canceled, I think it was a very peculiar recruiting season. And I think it's just understanding, keep your head eye, everyone, it's going to work out for everyone. And it's all, it's all going to work out. I, I think in, in terms of the highlight, I really saw... And it's through adversity where you learn more about yourself, but who are your true friends? And then you really get the sense of the community and so much admiration for kind of the Columbia tech community. We're not known as a tech school, but I think we're super tight in how we're always supporting each other through the process. Tons of sharing culture of second years, mentoring us to first years, working with each other and sharing their interview experience. Definitely one of the benefits of getting an MBA is that network and creating those lifelong friends, even if you're, you only know them for, for two years or you're only in school for two years. And I think that definitely is a high of really, we, in, in beginning of January last year, we all went to San Francisco and Seattle together and we did our annual West Coast trek and, and saw a lot of the companies. And at the same time, like we were trying to interview prep and, and we were getting these kind of interview invites from companies. And it's not the easiest to balance all of that, but it really shown through how strong the community is. I th that's great. And I think there's a couple of things that stand out to me that you highlighted through the experience. Number one, it's a process and, it, and there are a lot of learnings to be had, but sometimes the process takes time. And so mm -hmm. to your point, maybe the first 10 weren't the right fit, but like eventually it, it came. Number two, you and I and many others who have gone through it know that it works out in the end. Yeah. But when you're going through it, sometimes it can be hard to believe that because whatever news you got for the day is seems to be the most important the pressing thing. And a lot of times it does feel like the sky is falling, but if you can have the, a little bit of a objectivity as well as a little bit of confidence yeah. that you've done your homework, you're doing the right things and that you have a good process in place. I think that certainly helps. And then I think the last thing to your point is that you don't go on the journey alone. You, you, everyone else is going through it, but also there are resources with you at every step of the way. And so even if it isn't going perhaps the way you want it to at any given point, a hand for help is not far away, mm -hmm. truly within, within reaching distance. And so I think sure. those are really important themes and things. I know we're talking mostly about interview prep, but I want to give you a chance to also maybe talk a little bit about your internship if you wish. You put all this work 
got this great uh, internship. How was it? Did it live up to what you thought it was? Was it a great experience? Yeah, no, for sure. I was super excited for it. And at that time when I got the offer in like mid-February, it was still going to be uh, in person. Uh, I was super excited to, to moving to, to Mountain View. And unfortunately, things didn't, didn't come to plan and it was all virtual. But honestly, I had an amazing 12 weeks at, at Google. Just to talk a little bit about the project that I had. I was on the Nest team. So that's Google working with everything in the hardware decision, division. And, and my team specifically was focused on third-party products, right? So your Google Home needs to connect to your Samsung smart TVs, to your iRobot vacuum cleaners, to the Nest thermostats and all that, and you know, thousands of partners. And my kind of extremely vague question at, at the beginning of the internship was, how do we increase the education and the user awareness of these third-party products? And how can we increase the, the engagement ultimately of these products through the Google Home? Ended up during the 12 weeks there, launching two features, which I'm incredibly proud of and wasn't easy, especially when you're new to the team, new to PMing, new to Google, and also just trying to figure out what the heck was going on. I, I had an amazing experience at Google just because they have so many internship events from like DJ sessions to game nights to uh, got to experience the TGIF culture to hear Sundar talk every month to everyone, to Rishi, who's the head of uh, Nest. And like, it was just amazing. But I, I think we it was also a very interesting time in, in terms of the political landscape and what was happening with the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests of, all, of last summer. And I really saw just how devoted Google was to the cause. We, have, we had so many opportunities and sessions where people talked about just what was happening and had really healthy discussion. And I think I saw that this is a, a great company, a great culture to, to be a part of. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. I would love to know from your perspective, launching two features in an internship is a fantastic uh, accomplishment. What do you think you did that you were that enabled you to to be able to do something like that? Particularly as you said, being in a new company, stepping in as an intern, mm -hmm. having to work remote. Like, how are you able to actually do that? Yeah, I think the one of the the biggest things was just the questioning people, asking people for, for, for more. Like I remember during the, that, the first two, three weeks, I had one-on-one -on -one talks with everyone on the team. And, and at the end of each talk, I would say, A, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? And B, can you give me the names of two to three more people that I can talk to? And then that becomes a web and, and you have more of these conversations and you finally become the, the subject matter expert of this little small thing that, that you own the domain of. So definitely be curious, talk to as many people as you can. And from an intern perspective, they want you to do that. You're evaluated ultimately at Google at, at the end of your summer on how many people did you talk to, how many people can vouch for you. So, you know, the more connections you make, the better ch chance you have of, of getting the, the return offer. And then I, I think the, the second thing is, and realized soon enough was if you're not pushing on that thing that you're trying to do, no one else is. And I think that's a, a really big difference from consulting where everything was hierarchical. You have a manager, you have a partner, you're meeting day to day. In tech, it's it's really up to you to push your own agenda, especially as a PM. You're working on a team, but everyone has their own priorities. So it's really flexing that muscle of you know influencing about authority that I just talked about before, but also empathy, right? Getting a sense of all the different things on an engineer's plate, on a program manager's plate, on a marketer's plate, and seeing how what you can do to, to have them fit your priorities on that stack. 
I, thanks for sharing. And I, I totally agree. And I'm not a product manager. I'm a product marketer. But this idea of influence without authority is something that I think about each and every day because it's just, we have to use it in a similar way. But I, I really appreciate you digging deep and, and another thing, what you thought helped you make you successful. Before um, we wrap up here, one of the things I did also want to ask you about is because I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about it. I know that you are the co-president of the Technology and Data Analytics Organization, or TDA. Mm -hmm which I'm reading here, it's the largest student organization at CBS. So could you maybe could you maybe talk about it or tell us something exciting about it? Yeah, fortunate to be co-president with, with a great team, great board. And we're, it's interesting that we are the largest student organization at, at Columbia. And we probably have 80% of Columbia Business School's you know, student population as a member of our club. But only 15% of people actually recruit for tech at CBS. We're not known as a tech school. A lot of more people go into banking or consulting, and it really speaks to the diverse sets of, of student interests that, that we that we help out with. And there's a large portion of the population that are interested in recruiting for tech, but ultimately, I think a larger part of us just want to generally know what are the, the trends in tech, want to upskill themselves in both tech and data analytics skills, regardless of the role that they're going into, and really building that, that fluency that community and that network so that maybe the post-MBA goal isn't tech. Maybe down the line, they'll be connected so that they can make that switch. And it's been my pleasure really working with the incredible set of people that we have on the team to create events and programming. But we have actually a shout out. We have AliCon, which is New York's premier tech conference that's happening in two weeks. If you Google New York City AliCon, we're part of it in the organization committee for that. But we got really great speakers to our annual West Coast Trek, which was virtual this year. We had a lot of great companies come in and talk in. But ultimately, I think it's really just building that community from kind of mentorship groups to interview sessions, all the different valuable workshops that we hold. Uh, that's great. Sounds like you have plenty to keep busy or you've had plenty to keep busy for the past year and a half or so, but that's really great. Tony, thank you so much for being here. Just to wrap up, just to bring this back full circle, a lot of MBA students are either about or going through product management recruiting right now or about to start. What's, what are your closing thoughts, closing advice for those MBA students who are in the product management internship interviewing process? For sure. I think something that I said about before is keep positive, keep your chin up, take it take it day by day. And I think secondly is, especially for if you have a similar background to me where you might have worked in tech before, but didn't have a, a product experience, or if you're doing a complete 180 industry switch, treat it as, as a multi-step process. If you're full-time MBA, you have both the internship and full-time. Try to, if you don't have product experience, if you don't have tech experience, maybe look to get the in-semester internship or work for a startup over the summer so that in full-time, you have that product experience to really pivot into kind of a full-time product management role. And I think the last piece of advice, and this kind of goes specifically to when you're actually in the interview process, is I'm a firm believer of being a clear communicator. I think when you're actually, anytime you think of an answer, think about, wait, what is my structure? I think you're really evaluated on structure as well as on the quality of ideas. So if you can be organizing your thoughts, you come out of your, of your answer and say, you have three things you want to talk about or four things. I think that's a lot better than brainstorming and, and running down a list. Overall, I think tech companies in general are hiring more and more MBAs or non-technical PMs out of the MBA pipeline. So I think there's this is a, a, a huge field with huge potential and, and lots of MBAs are, are looking to, to these, these gigs. Great. Tony Hung, thank you so much uh, for joining me today and for talking about all things with the product, market, product management MBA internship interviewing process. Appreciate you coming on. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. 
LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.